Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. We are doing a special series. Over the next several episodes, we will feature six country directors who have recently been in Boone for the International Projects Meeting. This meeting is a time focused on spiritual refreshment, strategic meetings, and country updates. Each episode, you will hear fresh stories from the field. I have Matt Nowry with me, who has been based in Iraq with Samaritan's Purse since 2010. He lives there with his wife, Sarah, and their three children. Sarah also works for the Iraq office, serving as the information and communications officer. Matt has played a big role in the organization's work in the Middle East. When the battle of control for Mosul began, he led Samaritan's Purse teams to provide emergency relief to more than 284,000 people, including the establishment of an emergency field hospital just 11 miles from the front line. Matt, thank you so much for stopping by and making time for us. Um, We appreciate it. Thanks, Christy. It's great to be with you this morning. Can you start by telling us um, how you you got involved with Samaritan's Purse? Sure. Uh, So I started with Samaritan's Purse in 2005. Uh, I was asked to be a part of the church reconstruction project in South Sudan. Hmm. And the initiative behind that was to to capture the story of the persecuted church uh, in the South, throughout the South. So I think uh, the guy in me absolutely loved the job. It was four wheelers. It was dirt bikes. We got to go all Hmm. over the South of the country, um, sitting under mango trees, just capturing uh, the story, sitting with pastors of, of what had happened and the mm. persecution they faced. Uh, it was an incredible time of growth in my own life. Uh, I brushed up against a faith I consider the Sudanese giants of faith. Mm. Uh, I brushed up against a, a real faith that I had not experienced um, up to that point. And uh, we were able to just travel all over the South um, and, and write down the stories of of pastors, um, we would sit with widows and they would talk about their husband that had been martyred for their faith. Um, We sat with children that had lost mom and dad uh, just from following Jesus. Hmm. So I was able to spend a few years as as part of that project and um, rebuilding the churches throughout the South. It was an incredible experience. And so what led you to Iraq? So uh, we finished our work in South Sudan, and Pastor Sammy Dagger Mm -hmm. um, had given me the opportunity to work in South Sudan, and so I called him just to say thank Mm you. Uh, It was a life-changing experience for me, and so I just wanted to tell him thank you for that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And in that conversation, he said, Matthew, I've got another project in Kurdistan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why don't you get on a plane with your wife and come and and visit and, and see if that's what God would have you do next? And so that's how God led us into Iraq. What is it like to raise a family there? So a, a lot of people uh, have an image of Iraq that it's mm-hmm. a war-torn country, um, and and uh, there are certainly elements mm-hmm. of the country that are very dangerous. Uh, my mom was not really excited about the idea of, of uh, when she first heard that we were moving mm-hmm. to Iraq. She was even less excited when she found out that her first grandbaby was on the way. Um, oh, I bet. So, but where we live, we're in the north, the part of the country with the Kurds mm-hmm. in Erbil, in the autonomous mm-hmm. Kurdish region. And uh, we've been there since 2010. And Christy, we've absolutely fallen in love with Iraqis. Hmm. Uh, they are the most amazing people. Their hospitality is second to none. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a unique opportunity that uh, God has given us with Samaritan's Purse to serve in Iraq. So we consider it a privilege. I mean, if I have a, a seven-year-old son, a five-year-old little girl, and a three-year-old little girl, um, and if you ask them, 
where are they from? They'll say the hmm. desert. Hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it's a privilege uh, to, to be able to raise a family in Iraq. And I, I know uh, that's uh, counterintuitive and people hmm. wouldn't fully understand that, but uh, it's home for us. Uh, it's where God wants us. Mm-hmm. And, and we love being there and raising our kids there. So that's all they know. You said you, she was pregnant when you moved there. So yeah, the kids yeah, have only kids, known. Uh, yep, uh, yeah, they've been born overseas. in Iraq. Um, that's home for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we love it. We've got a great community there. We've got a great church that we're plugged into there, a great team that we get to serve with. Mm-hmm. You touched a little bit about it, but what is the culture like? Can you explain to us? I know we have a skewed, I think, vision here in America of, of Iraq. Sure. So Iraqis are extremely hospitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are very family-oriented. Uh, they take care of each other. These are large families. They all live together. Um, and, and so maybe a way of understanding this, if you took two weeks to plan out the greatest party and cater in the best food for your Iraqi friend— you, you would you would uh, have a big spread of food. Uh, you'd invite a bunch of people. It would be organized and thought out, uh, and it would be a great party. But Iraqis, that same Iraqi friend, if they just said, hey, it's Tuesday night. If you don't have any plans, stop in and we'll hang mm-hmm. out. They will outdo you in mm-hmm. terms of food mm-hmm. and hospitality. Their, their home is always open. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always an invitation uh, to be with people. They're highly relational. And so it's, it's just a beautiful dynamic in that culture. Hmm. And you said South Sudan changed your life. Um, how has living in this region changed your life? What have you learned since living there? So uh, one of the things I've learned a lot, because <laughs> one of the things um, that God has taught me in this season is just how big and bold and beautiful His church hmm. is. We have the privilege of walking alongside uh, Christians, Orthodox and and Catholic Christians, uh, the roots of Christianity. Pastor Sammy would say uh, he very much believes that we're all made from the soil of Iraq, Hmm. uh, that Adam and Eve were created in Iraq. And he'll say the first sin that ever occurred in the world, he believes, was in Iraq. Uh, So so our roots as Hmm. Christ followers began there. And, and uh, so to be able to walk alongside Christians and put your arm around them and just remind them that Jesus hasn't forgotten about them and that Jesus loves them mm-hmm. uh, is a privilege of a lifetime. And, and that we get to do that as a team is a lot of fun. I've also learned uh, that it is a stronghold for Satan. Mm-hmm. The Middle East is a very dark place, and uh, we're in a spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's really important uh, that we stay close to Jesus, um, that we stay prayed up, and, and that we're reminded who our battle really is against. Um, Satan doesn't want us uh, to be there. He doesn't want mm-hmm. light to spread. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, yeah, that, that's on the, on the spiritual side. I think on the, just the personal side, uh, going back to hospitality, mm-hmm. I've learned how important it is uh, to open up your home, to, to spend time with people and love on uh, Iraqis as best you can and build those relationships. It's a part of the world where any real investment um, spiritually takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes years. Mm-hmm. This is not a, a part of the world that you can just show up and preach the gospel and see lives changed. Uh, you have to be intentional. You have to invest in those relationships. Mm-hmm. And over time, they uh, see the love of Jesus in us. And, and uh, so we're, we're waiting for those questions of why 
Why are you here? Why do you do what you do? And and that's always the perfect opportunity to be able to just present Jesus and, mm -hmm. and tell him because he's commanded us to be here. It's out of our love for him that we're following him, and that's why our family's in Iraq. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you touched on that, taking time, because I think sometimes we get discouraged, you know, but God tells us, you know, you will reap what you sow, keep, keep up. Have you ever wanted to quit living in a culture like that? Where it takes such time? I have. Uh -huh. I have. It's been, uh, there's certainly been some dark and discouraging days. Um, Satan is uh, masterful mm -hmm. at lying and, and stealing uh, what God has for you. And, and there has been times in Iraq uh, that we would believe that the work we were doing didn't matter, mm -hmm. uh, that nobody really cared. We missed family. Mm -hmm. um, it was lonely. And uh, I don't know exactly why we didn't quit, hmm. honestly. Uh, mm -hmm. But by the grace of God, we were able to just go one more day mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and um, continue to follow and trust Jesus. And, and in that is where we were able to see the miraculous hmm. and see Jesus move in ways. Um, I, you know, there are times that I'll go back and think about what if we would have walked away? What hmm. if Satan would have... Uh, one mm -hmm. in that moment mm -hmm. and, and distracted us from from keeping our eyes on God. Uh, I, I would have, my wife and I would have missed mm -hmm. the greatest moments we've ever had with Jesus, mm -hmm. um, seeing him do things that only he can do. And so um, it is not easy. Mm -hmm. It's certainly uh, not for, for everyone. But I think uh, we very much ascribe to the idea that we just want to be where Jesus is working. We want to be involved in what he's doing in the world and we'll go anywhere god's mm -hmm. given me an amazing wife that will go anywhere um if we're following jesus and so god's working in iraq in ways that we've never seen before we've only been there since 2010 but there's some things happening in iraq that are really amazing um and, and people are falling in love with jesus the kingdom of god is growing right now in the middle east and it's just fun to be a part of those days mm -hmm. and serving jesus i know we're not promised treasures here. You know, we're working for treasures in heaven. You know, we may never see our fruits, but thankfully God lets us see his fruit sometimes. So can you share a story of where God's letting you cling to those promises that he's He's with you and it matters? Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, man, there's a lot that come to mind. Narrowing it down, I think right now I'm looking at the Yazidi people group. If, uh, if you go online, uh, the Joshua Project recognizes mm -hmm the Yazidis as an unreached people group. Open Doors ranks Iraqis uh, in the nation of Iraq as the 13th most persecuted uh, people group or country in the world. Um, these are not lists that uh, you want to be on. And yet, we have the privilege of walking with Yazidis every day. We have a lot of programs built around serving Yazidis, and uh, we're seeing them fall in love with Jesus right now. Mm. And so it it's amazing to know that they're recognized as an unreached people group, but then in that same day, sit with them and, and listen to them talk about how Jesus has shown up in a vision or a dream mm -hmm. to them. When Jesus shows up, he's undeniable. Mm -hmm. And you can see in their eyes that they now believe in the same Jesus that we do, and they're following him. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, it's exciting to be a part of seeing God uh, reach a people group that has been unreached. If you tried to provide um, Jesus or share Jesus with the Yazidis before ISIS came mm -hmm. in the summer of 2014, if you went to where they 
were living, um, it would not have gone well. They were mm-hmm. a closed-off people group. Uh, it was very difficult to access them. And yet, very much like uh, stories in the Old Testament, you'll see God will do anything. He'll pursue his people. He mm-hmm. loves the Yazidis. And so in this displacement, in this mm-hmm. heartache, in this ongoing trauma, there's still mm-hmm. an estimated over 1,500 Yazidi women are still being mm-hmm. trafficked or are missing. And every week or two, there are one or two Yazidi women that will return to northern Iraq. And so if you can imagine... Mm-hmm. Hundreds of families are still standing watch waiting for their mom, for their sister to return. So it's an ongoing crisis and trauma for the Yazidi people. And yet in this displacement, we've been able to, we have access to them for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to sit with them. We're able to build programs to try and just love on them. Um, and, and care for them the way that Jesus has commanded us to. And in that, over the last several years, we've seen Yazidis fall in love with Jesus. Uh, so it's been fun to be a part of something like that. So when you mentioned ISIS, Samaritan's Purse launched a massive effort to aid hundreds and thousands of families fleeing ISIS. Can you tell us about that effort? Yeah, so so from 2010 to the summer of 2014, Iraq was a relatively stable region, especially northern Iraq, mm-hmm. where we had offices and where we were living and working. And the best way I can describe it, uh, the first week of August 2014, tens of thousands of people poured into the Kurdish autonomous region, mm-hmm. into Kurdistan, and uh, people were in shock. The, the second largest city in Iraq, Mosul, a city of three million people, had been um, seized by ISIS. The Nineveh Plains, the ancient Nineveh mm-hmm. Plains, where God had commanded Jonah to go and tell the people to repent. There's uh, tens of thousands of Christians. There's uh, a couple hundred thousand Yazidis that over a three-day period were displaced. And so when we first responded, I remember... Walking up to people, they were. It was uh, August. It's extremely hot. The average temperature is 120 Fahrenheit mm-hmm. every day, and uh, they had taken uh, bed sheets and tied it from one limb to a ne- another on a little bush to just try and get out of direct sunlight. Um, some of the people had died mm-hmm. uh, just trying to get across the desert and out of the the way, escaping ISIS. And so we walked up and, and we had food and water and we were just trying to care for them. And everybody was in shock. You would ask them what happened. You would say, uh, where are you from? And uh, they looked at you and they were there, but mentally they weren't there. They weren't able to respond. And so it turned Iraq upside down. When mm-hmm. ISIS came on the scene, um, everything kind of flipped upside down and, and uh, uh, really traumatized the country. Mm-hmm. Um, in January 2017, Samaritan's Purse opened an emergency field hospital 11 miles east of Missoula. I should talk about. Um, I can't. I can't. I'm getting teary just thinking about it. Um, I can't imagine the trauma and the heartbreak that came through those doors. Can you tell us what stands out to you most during that time? Um, it was a life-saving mission. Mm-hmm. It was a project that uh, forever changed the Nowry family, forever changed mm-hmm. if you were a part of the emergency field hospital in Bartella and the Nineveh Plains, uh, your life has been changed. Um, what we expected was that we would be treating men. We thought mm-hmm. we would be treating soldiers. We thought mm-hmm. we would be treating enemy combatants, ISIS fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we did not expect was that the lion's share of our patients would be women and children. Um, 
and it was extremely, it, it was a emergency trauma red patient only hospital, which means to get in the door to access our services, you needed surgery in the next 30 minutes or you would die. Hmm. So we were not treating uh, light medical cases. These were life-saving only missions. Um, and uh, we brushed up against an evil that I've never seen personally in my life. Um, I don't know that the world has seen it before. Mm -hmm. um, children that uh, had been shot in the back as they tried to flee. Uh, women um, that had lost limbs from explosions, from ordinances. Um, there was a moment that um, I was standing in, in our emergency room in a tent in the Nineveh Plains and uh, there was a little boy about seven years old um, that was fighting for his life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just remember standing there praying over him. I didn't know his name. Um, and, he, and he woke up um, and, and through a translator, I began talking to him and uh, he had lost his legs. So he woke up and, and realized that he no longer had legs. And mm -hmm. I learned the last memory he had was playing soccer mm -hmm. with his brother on a, on a soccer field in Mosul. And a guy walked by and, and pulled the pin on a hand grenade and just threw it at these little boys. He was seven years old. Mm. And uh, at that same moment, he started asking about his brother. And the tent is only 15, 20 feet from one side to the other. And what we didn't know was his brother was in the bed right across from him. Mm -hmm. And he looked over and he saw his brother. Um, and I just remember thinking, my God, this is evil. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what, God, what do you want us to do? How, how, you know, it was mm -hmm. dark. Mm -hmm. And I felt like as much as we were trying to help, um, there was so much more need. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, it's, it's, it's those kinds of moments. You know, our staff every day face those challenges of mm -hmm. just trying to keep little kids alive. Um, and yet there were some awesome, awesome uh, spiritual things that mm -hmm. happened in that hospital. Um, there are ISIS fighters that found Jesus mm -hmm. in our hospital mm -hmm. through translators, and they didn't know that uh, translators were listening. Um, they would say things, Christy, like, mm -hmm. We've been lied to. Hmm. We were told that Americans hated us, that they were the enemy. We were told that Christ was, was everything that we've been taught was a lie. Mm -hmm. And we got to see those men ask for forgiveness and pray and, and receive Jesus. And so uh, through that emergency field hospital, not only were people's lives saved, but eternity was changed both for enemy combatants as well as these innocent children. Sorry. Someone who sent, you know, my husband and brothers and friends to overseas, and I've only heard of this through war, hearing it from you is just getting me choked up. Um, can you share about the resiliency of the Iraqi people? Yeah, I think the world could take a, a lesson mm -hmm. uh, from Iraqis. They mm -hmm. are tough people. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, yet they have this incredible ability to stay positive. You know, in the same moment that uh, there could be an enormous tragedy with a car bomb and the loss of life, they 
band together and come together and, and, and support one another in very unique and special ways to help each other. I think it can only come from a history of um, violence and, and war. Mm-hmm. You know, Iraqis are, they're tired of mm-hmm. war and they just want to live at peace. Um, and, and so I think uh, they are a unique and beautiful people. And I think when you look at Scripture and you look at all, you know, Iraq is throughout the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. There's lots of references to modern-day Iraq. And uh, Abraham, the promise that was given to Abraham, you know, that uh, Jesus would come through his line. Mm-hmm. Abraham, a lot of people forget, he's Iraqi. He's from Ur in southern Iraq. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, the promise... That the greatest promise I've ever been given is Jesus Christ. And so to recognize that that promise came through an Iraqi, it's special to mm-hmm. me. And to be just one link in the chain of this incredible history of Christ and, and Jesus in Iraq, um, we count it a privilege to just that mm-hmm. God would allow us uh, to come alongside Iraqis and to serve them and to, to pray um, that they would find Jesus. Um, it's special. So the clinic we talked about, we handed over. Um, what is Samaritan's Purse doing now in the country? So we've got two phases of programming. Right now, what we're seeing, uh, the, the, the majority of what we're doing is returnee programming. Those that have been displaced from ISIS, when they came and took Mosul, when they came and took all of the villages in the Nineveh Plains, they've been displaced for several years, and they're now going back. Mm-hmm. So one focus, uh, area of focus for our office right now in Iraq is helping Christians rebuild their lives. Mm -hmm. We think it's extremely important that the salt and light of Iraq, the Nineveh Plains, these Christian families that want to return are able to. And so we're we're walking with them. We're helping them rebuild their homes. We're helping them find jobs um, so that they can take care of their families. But uh, we have some great ministry programming where we have chaplains, uh, Iraqis, that have faced, they've been displaced, they've mm-hmm. lost their home, um, that, that are able to just sit with these families and cry with them and pray with them and, and, and encourage them to go one more day with Jesus. He mm-hmm. hasn't forgotten about mm-hmm. you. He loves you. Um, and so that's a special project. We're, uh, we're also running uh, livelihoods programming for Yazidis, uh, one of my personal favorites. I can't talk about all of them, but we've got a bee program. I think the best mm. honey in the world comes from Sinjar. Mm. The Yazidis make uh, some, some delicious honey. And so we're, we're helping uh, bring back those things that ISIS destroyed, um, things that they already know how to do. Uh, they, they had their way of life. They were making a living before ISIS. So we're just trying to pair, find what they already know how to do, and then just just provide the funds or the the resources needed to help them get started back. Uh, we've got a, a, a sheep project um, for shepherds that lost their herds of sheep when they had to flee and go through the desert when ISIS came. And so we're helping them uh, rebuild those herds. And we've got the veterinarian technical mm-hmm. training um, going on. We've got uh, nutrition programming in camps for internally displaced people from Mosul. We're, we're teaching about the importance of nutrition. Uh, if you can imagine, the sanitation in camps is not great. And so one of the things in Iraq that we're facing uh, is that baby formula is very common. Mm-hmm. Mothers use baby formula. And when they lived where they were, the water was clean enough to do so. But now that they're living in a camp, the water, uh, perhaps it's not clean enough so a baby gets sick. 
And so we're trying to teach the importance of breastfeeding. We're teaching the importance of nutrition, uh, how to cook healthy meals. Iraqis know how to eat well. Mm -hmm. Christy, you can tell by looking at me. Uh, (laughs) We love our kebabs. And so uh, just teaching the importance of vegetables and salad and fruit and how to eat a more Mm -hmm. balanced, nutritious meal uh, is, is something that we're doing as well. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for sharing your work and what God's doing in the country. Um, In closing, can you just give the audience, give us some prayer requests that we can pray for your team? Sure, Christy. And your people. I would say uh, pray for good governance. Mm -hmm. Going back to just that point on Iraqis, they're tired of fighting. They're tired of war. What Mm -hmm. our country needs is good governance, men and women uh, that will lead well, that will be true public servants. Um, I think you could pray um, for wisdom in, in uh, walking with these new believers throughout the country, that we wouldn't mess up what God's doing, that we would stay out of His way, and that mm-hmm. we would just be able to sense what He's doing and follow the Holy Spirit in that. Uh, I think you could pray for our team. God has given us an incredible team to fulfill the mission that Samaritan's Purse has given us. and. Um, I'm so thankful for them, but pray for them. It's not easy uh, to be away from family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just pray for um, encouragement for them um, and wisdom. Pray against Satan, just recognizing that we are in a spiritual battle, that Satan would stay far from the hearts and minds of our teammates. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to know what's happening on the field and allowing us to partner you with prayer. So audience, please be praying for this team and what he just shared, and we appreciate you tuning in. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks, Christy. Thanks.